Hi everybody, I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. And this is another segment of World Impact News. We've simply labeled this segment, Anarchy for Hire. And as we see, Mark, and all of our, all of our viewers and, and you that are listening, is uh, it's a tragedy, obviously, under the circumstances, what happened to George Floyd, and obviously our sympathy to family members and to the situation. We can see this violence that is broken out and really that's why we're addressing this as anarchy for hire because really when you see Antifa and the violence that is going in I mean it's nothing new to see Antifa and their behavior where they're uh, destroying I mean let's look at the difference between a protest and a riot there is a big difference I mean when we look at when it comes to looting I mean Looting is theft. It is not protesting. When we see Correct. destruction of property is vandalism. It is not protesting. And so, I mean, there's cases, and that's what we're going to bring to you that are watching today and you that are listening, is there's cases of where there's even pallets of bricks, where there's no construction going on, pallets of bricks just showing up, even in downtown Houston, there is pallets of bricks that are there. All stashed there, ready to go. Ready to go. Well, what are bricks used for? They're bashing in windows. I mean, and so that's what we're going to bring today as we kind of lay this out. I mean, obviously Antifa and this kind of behavior is nothing new. We've seen it. It's been going on for a long time. But we're going to make some real clarity of really Antifa, what they claim to be, but really what they're not. Some of the funding, some of the positions of even political officials, Hollywood actors, people in the limelight have how they're funding and supporting different things and behaviors. And so really this is going to be uh, hopefully a very informative uh, segment to, to shed light on this, that really what is happening with these protests are not protests. I believe there are peaceful protests going on, even from different organizations like Black Lives Matters, which I'll just tell you, all life matters. And so, you know, we just always need to remember that. All life matters. All life. I mean, we are human and we need to protect human beings. And so, and at the same time, though, we don't justify violence. We don't justify what's going on where you have peaceable protest. Let's just go back even even a, a couple of weeks. You have protest happening back with like open Texas and opening up America and you see the different protests that are going on where people are totally decked out they're armed AR-15s I mean they're totally uh, I mean with, with handguns I mean protesting but it was peaceful no, no, no damage not a, not a gum wrapper can be found on the street when they were done they picked up their right. trash so you can see what a peaceful protest looks like even when there's arms involved because we have a second amendment right to bear arms which is what that's about it's it's to symbolize the second amendment and to speak out against the perceived injustices of the lockdown is to exercise the first amendment right this, so it's a completely different thing exactly but you can see how it was peaceful <clears throat> not one person harmed even no vandalism but now we're taking a look at what's happening and so there's a lot of things a lot of dots that don't connect but a lot of them do connect there's a lot of misinformation but there's this you know almost you say well 
Is that a coincidence? Is it really? And so we're going to try to lay that out for you today um, <clears throat> and, and give you some insight in really what is happening, what's going on. You could see Trump making a declaration as well as our Attorney General, uh, William Barr, about uh, labeling certain groups as domestic terrorist groups because let's just go back to, to Antifa a little bit and just to kind of uh, see how they work. In America, one of the first uh, uses of the word Antifa was a description used by Rose City Antifa, which was founded in 2007 in Portland, Oregon. And a lot of we see this coming out of Portland, Oregon when it deals with Antifa, but it's not limited there. They're all over and unfortunately, they're probably coming to a city near you and uh, to wreak havoc. But they're a group and uh, that obviously act much like a terrorist group in the fact that they have cells, but you have um, them that actually do work with organizations or at least or at least infiltrate organizations like Occupy. Remember the whole Occupy movement? Occupy Wall Street. goes back to about that same time, about 07, that same 08, time. when the, that financial meltdown happened at that time, the big bailout, as they called it. Exactly. <clears throat> so you see that happen uh, even with Black Lives Matters. But really what they do is they infiltrate these different groups. Um, and really the, the point that we want to, want to bring is George Floyd, and I believe you even made a statement in, in, to this fact, George Floyd would not have wanted any of this going on. Yeah, this, in, in fact, is a huge dishonor and disservice to the memory of him and to his family and his friends that remember him. He was described as a big guy, 6'7", former basketball and football player at his high school. I guess he was about 46 at the time of his uh, reported passing <clears throat> in police custody in Minneapolis, Minnesota. But by all accounts so far, it's fair to say that he would have wanted none of this, and this is a dishonor to his name. Right. Despite yeah. all the Hollywood money and all the entertainers that that think they walk on water just because they have money, exactly, it's it's really sad. And not understanding what Antifa really is about, and uh, to to build on what you're saying, Jason, Antifa is a foreign financed, foreign connected, quasi terrorist organization. Bill Barr and President Trump are calling them outright. Terrorist organ a terrorist organization, and they want to officially designate them as that. We won't say either way necessarily whether we support the president or attorney general on that, but they do have a strong case. Unfortunately, with the rioting that is occurring in many of our cities around the country, the voices of peaceful protest are being hijacked by violent radical elements. Groups of outside radicals and agitators are exploiting the situation to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. In many places, it appears the violence is planned, organized, and driven by anarchic and left extremist groups, far left extremist groups, using Antifa-like tactics, many of whom travel from outside the state to promote the violence. We must have law and order on our streets and in our communities. As the leaders of our country, it is their job to make that determination. And they can decide, based on the criteria that the government uses, 
whether Antifa should be designated as a terrorist organization. We'll stay neutral on whether they should be or not, but we will say that George Soros, through his Open Society Foundations, is notorious and well-known with an established paper trail of financing subversive and uh, seditious movements and organizations. And he has lots of companies and companies within companies. And it's a very complex little chart on the wall, you might say. But this is an established thing. And the one thing we would recommend that the government do, particularly the FBI, is look at George Soros and his organizations. And we ask on World Impact News, we simply ask this question, why are not his chief deputies and Soros mm-hmm. himself not taken in for questioning? Yeah. Because what they are financing is it has the elements of a terrorist organization. It infiltrates, it uses provocateurs, as you mentioned, Jason, in the intro, to take legitimate Black Lives Matter protests and other protests and go in and heighten the violence, commit acts of of quasi-terror and and, uh, vandalism and arson, all of which are crimes. And are we to believe that because these are committed in a group collective setting and not by lone individuals or just a small gang that suddenly arson's no longer a crime? And yet we have some mayors and governors and much of the media conflating, including the June 1st USA Today, conflating Black Lives Matter and legitimate protests, some of which were protesting, as you say, like Open Texas coming out against the lockdown saying it was unconstitutional, overturning the First Amendment, the right to speak out, the right to petition, the right to peacefully gather, the right to worship, all these things being overturned. And yes, showing force, showing the symbol of the Second Amendment, some people taking their AR-15s to the Michigan State Capitol in Lansing, some taking the AR-15s to the open Texas protests, ironically on the grassy knoll on Elm Street where the JFK affair happened in 1963. But You've got all this legitimacy going on, and all of a sudden, the legitimate lockdown protests are now being overshadowed by these protests where Antifa is coming in. And as you, as you were saying off the air, Jason, before we went on today, it's pretty much confirmed, even de Blasio in New York, the mayor, and this is a lot for him to say this, yes. confirming that in virtually every case where Antifa shows up in a big city to commit mayhem, they are outside people. Yeah, And they are not a grassroots uprising within that city. Correct. The, the grassroots people are pushed to the side and often mistreated by Antifa. So the legitimate protests in um, the, the, um, the deceased hometown in Minneapolis are being overshadowed and ruined by Antifa. Antifa is giving those, uh, that you know, genuine concern about George Floyd a bad name. And any, any place where the genuine concern about George Floyd exists, Antifa's giving it a bad name. So by the, by, the, by the time you get done exploring the connection between George Soros, Soros money, coming in through the Open Society Foundations, financing this rent-a-mob, anarchy for hire, as mm-hmm. we're calling it, yeah. and they go around from city to city in buses and in private cars, and they show up. They are not part of that city's citizenry. They're not, they are not part of the, the, the voters, the taxpayers, the people that live and work there. They come in and they destroy the businesses of those that live and work there. They come in and they give George Floyd, they, they mar his memory. They dishonor him under the guise of honoring him. 
And so, as I say, Jason, the USA Today, as of June 1st, 2020, says things like this. In the space of a few months, one calamity has been stacked on top of another. The COVID-19 pandemic with a deadly toll that has topped 100,000 Americans, which is inflated itself. We'll talk more about that later. The economic consequences of of responding to the health emergency that has thrown an astonishing 40 million out of work. Well, there's government overkill when it came to the coronavirus response, one could argue in return. The death of a handcuffed black man, George Floyd that is, in Minneapolis after police a police officer knelt on his neck, a brutal reminder of a long-standing injustice. This long-standing injustice is not named, by the way. That's left ambiguous. And then the video of George Floyd pleading for breath prompted protests in, Minis- in Minneapolis and nationwide that began largely peacefully and then exploded Saturday night into arson and vandalism, including in the streets around the White House. Notice how the media writes that, that the, the protests just exploded on their own as if the explosion was a random event that came out of nowhere. No, Antifa moves in and begins to make them an explosive event through an active and deliberate and conscious process financed through George Soros and the Open Society Foundations, at least with the paper trail we've seen so far connected to Antifa, it's hard to draw any other conclusion about the financing and the roots of this thing. And yet you can see what the media does. They conflate as you read this article in the June 1st USA Today, they make it sound as if Antifa and, and other more legitimate protesters are more or less one in the same uprising, and thereby the newspaper USA Today indirectly uh, glorifies and legitimizes Antifa, which again, as we said, our leaders in the federal government, particularly the president and the attorney general, see as a terrorist organization, and they want to officially designate them as such. So the media goes completely one way, the White House goes another way, and yet we learn that um, InfoWars, the uh, Alex Jones outfit, it, it just so happens, drove a heavenly, heav- heavily decked out vehicle through an Antifa protest with a speaker telling them the mainstream media, the mass media cartel, is fomenting unrest, is fomenting racial distrust. Don't listen to the media, and yet what, what do the Antifa punks do? They even attack that truck that's trying to trying to speak sense to them, trying to talk sense to them. Yeah. So they're obviously propagandized and brainwashed to some degree. And a lot of them are very young, naive people. Some of them look to be no older than 16, 17, 18. They're very idealistic. They don't have any wisdom yet. They don't have any street smarts yet. Um, you know, real genuine knowledge and wisdom of how the political system works. They're easily taken in by a few hundred dollars paid for through the foundation of George Soros, through those foundations, and they won't even listen to reason or someone trying to speak sense to them. So George Floyd is not being honored here by this George Soros-connected quasi-terrorist organization that it will be up to our up to the White House and and Mr. Barr and the President Trump, they'll decide based on their criteria whether they're officially a terrorist organization. But they have all the basic signposts and characteristics of such a terrorist organization. Many were seen carrying uh, AK-47s a couple years ago, not long after the Charlottesville, Virginia riots. And that looked to be more of a uh, provocative act meant to instill fear in people around them, not to support the Second Amendment. 
So this this is the bigger picture. Uh, that that's the takeaway from today's show is that Antifa is a foreign element here that is not really part of remembering George Floyd or protesting genuinely and in a uh, constitutionally sound way what happened to him. Right. And so what we're seeing is even these peaceful protests, because there is peaceful protests that were going on, but Antifa comes in and hijacks those protests. And you Correct. can see where even people marching for Black Lives Matters that actually are yelling at the Antifa, stop that. So as Antifa is spraying things across buildings and defacing property and uh, all this destruction and vandalism, you actually have people that are in the peaceful protest screaming at the Antifa individual saying, that's not what we're about. Stop that. Because, you know, they're, they're, and that's really one thing we can see is that Antifa is there just to really not just incite violence, but to create violence. They're creating this whole atmosphere that actually people where you could see Antifa leaders or different ones in the, in the Antifa groups actually paying people to riot and go get those picnic tables and throw them through a window. Go get everything in the park. Go get everything in the park. These are the boys right here. This is the team. There's more stuff that we can put out here. Hey, there's three picnic tables up here. There's a couple of picnic tables up here. Come on, y'all. And go do this where they're actually paying them in public to actually participate in the vandalism and in the violence. So, because... Uh, that's what they're here to do. They want to create civil unrest, but they're at the same time giving Black Lives Matters and George Floyd, uh, they're, they're actually giving them a bad reputation and creating them to be something that they're not. And they're dishonoring George Floyd by doing that. And so, but what, what we know today, and let's just look at some of the things. And we could see, for instance, in Minneapolis, there are some things that are interesting when it comes to the murder of George Floyd, they've been talking to the neighbors of Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin is the officer who had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck. Derek Chauvin. So even in talking to his neighbors, uh, many of the neighbors do not know that he was even a police officer. They never saw him in a uniform. So there's a lot of questions, I think, that are going to come out of this. I mean, it really needs to look at the bigger picture to see how far this has gone to really create a situation that actually, I mean, then allowed or gave the reason in behind all of the rioting that's happening. So to a point that has been engineered or manufactured. So you have that fact. I mean, I tell you what, we have a, a police officer that's a neighbor we have a state patrol that's a neighbor, and we have somebody that works in Homeland Security that's a neighbor. And we know all of them and that they're, they were with the police force. I mean, in, in other words, it would be very easy to know, relatively easy, if you live next to a cop, that he's a cop. Exactly. So, yeah, there's that ambiguity, and there's the smaller but curious ambiguity that George Floyd reportedly went into this store, um, which is what brought the cops out there, and tried to float, they say a $20 counterfeit bill. Right. And one report even claimed it was so counterfeit that you could see the ink running. And I simply asked this question. I'm not making more of it than it is. But who, George Floyd or anyone else, would take something so obviously counterfeit and try and pawn it off as real money? And then you have the question that 
if Mr. Floyd, as some claim, was under the influence of alcohol and or drugs at the time of his arrest, which is a fact, this is what is being reported at least, then it's possible that he got that money from someone someone else as change or in some sort of transaction. I'm right. not saying the transaction was illegal or anything like that, but he might not have paid any attention and just handed it over thinking it was real money. It doesn't mean that he printed it, printed it himself or was knowingly and willfully passing around counterfeit money. So why would the police be so Johnny on the spot for the claim of a $20 bill counterfeit why was this taken so seriously? And right. granted, not all the footage showing the apprehension of George Floyd prior to Chauvin putting his knee on, on his neck, some of that footage is not clear, and you cannot always tell what went down. So there are some gaps here in terms of our information. But I, I find it difficult to believe in all my years, 35-plus years of journalism, that the police would take a allegedly counterfeit $20 bill that seriously and drive down there and exercise that kind of force over a single individual. Right. Especially when you're talking about it being just a counterfeit bill. I mean, the police do not respond in that way. Typically, that quick. They're well, going to respond. Yes. They're going to respond. I mean, do you ever know where a police officer gets there that quick? So but, there's a lot of questions. That's yes, what we're yes. a around this. What prompted this? Right, right. And so people act on impulse when there's gaps in our knowledge, unanswered questions, and then they conflate, at least the media does it for them, in their minds, they conflate Antifa with regular protests and thereby giving regular protests, giving the whole concept of protesting a bad name and really besmirching and dishonoring George Floyd's memory. Whatever we may know about Floyd, and granted we don't know everything there is to know, there's more information to be gathered. But meanwhile, we've got the Hollywooders. You know, we have Seth Rogen and Steve Carell, Harry Styles, Don Cheadle, and more to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Well, you know, we would have questions about what this fund is, who created it, and what it's for. But again, most of this seems to be predicated on protesting against President Trump more than protesting about what happened to Mr. Floyd. And in fact, the USA Today article I cited ends up uh, by concluding, the article concludes that, well, we'll see what happens as all this reverberates. We'll see what happens come election time. See, they're trying to jerry-rig this thing and spin it to where it'll cause damage to President Trump's, uh, some of his supporters, but especially those that might be on the fence kind of voters. George, uh, Joe Biden is not much of a choice, let's face it. He's not sure where his own house is, it seems, these days. So the Democratic establishment, which is uh, very tight with the big media in most respects, they see a lot of vulnerability there. And they're trying to prevent would-be voters of those that might vote for Trump, that you know, they're not seeing much in Biden. They're kind of swing voters or, or spillover voters. They're trying to get them away from Trump. They're trying to really uh, say that Trump is, is being a, a dictator, uh, that he's being a bully by considering calling Antifa a terrorist organization when there's plenty of evidence for him to do so, if they so choose. And so this is what you're seeing. The, the media, once again, and they, this goes back seven years at least seven years, excuse me, 
media stokes violence. This is a seven-year-old article here from American Free Press, it just so happens, uh, when George Zimmerman was found not guilty of second-degree murder and and manslaughter in the reported shooting death of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin in Sanford, Florida, which happened back on February 26, 2012. In the wake of that verdict, there were riots much like we see now, Jason. Uh, Antifa maybe was more in its infancy then and not heard of so much. Uh, Maybe just a, a twinkle in George Soros' eye, you might say. But it followed the same basic modus operandi to go way beyond what's justified and to uh, use quasi-terror and vandalism and destruction as a way to speak out when the courts had ruled and they had made their ruling. And simply because you don't agree with a ruling doesn't give you the right to destroy property, especially the property that belongs to business owners that have nothing to do one way or the other with the verdict or with the with the crime that happened. Right, exactly. What did AutoZone do to George Floyd? What did AutoZone, AutoZone do to George Floyd? What did, you know, so, and that's what happens is you yes, see exactly. these different ones, and many of them, actually, a lot of the organizations that are being vandalized are ones that are actually connected with supporting Black Lives Matters and, and some of the peaceful protests. So what are these different organizations in a time where you see the economy on a downward spiral? So it, it, it almost makes sense that you see timing is everything. And so here we are in an economic crisis because of COVID. Sorry to mention it, but, you know, we try to get away from talking about COVID at all. But we can see that what's affect our economy. People are out of jobs. I mean, businesses are closed. There's a I lot mean, of frustration so, being vented and, and being harnessed so, in this. So you see, yes. you see where these organizations with this Freedom Fund, well, why aren't they funding and helping businesses and helping th- people to get back on their feet? problem that bothers me, you says black lives matter. I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said black lives matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Look what you did to my store. Look. Look what you did to my store. Tell them, sister. That's why, because I got their back. These are my dudes right here. Good Look men. at the things you've done. Good men. Look. Good the black men. lives matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people standing right here with them. Black Tell people. me. That's right. Black lives matter. Yeah, lie. You wanted to neuter the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop scheming. This is the and you tan it down. Just go ahead and do it. We're going to bail you out. Don't worry. We'll take care of you. Go ahead. Create all this problem. But then you can see also in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, you see the son of the of the attorney general, uh, Keith Ellison's son, declare support for Antifa. So, I mean, there's even, we understand, remember, uh, Keith Ellison was a U.S. representative right. from Minnesota for a number of years that is now as of uh, 2019, no longer U.S. representative, but he is the attorney general for Minnesota. And when he was a U.S. representative, he actually is holding a book that is actually a picture of, which is interesting, Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook. And he's in holding one of it, his tweets. And he's holding it in that tweet in a way, 
I can't prove this, but that appears to be something that he approves of. Well, let me just read it to you. It says, at Moon Palace Books, and I just found the book that strike fear in the heart of real Donald Trump. So you can see, I mean, what do you? what is that speaking? That speaks volumes to me because um, where is this all taking place now? It's taking place in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. So you can see, I mean, is there an agenda here? Is this being engineered? Is this being used to then create a situation which we can see our media, and the media has been done a very good job of hyping up violence performed by law enforcement. But on the same token, they downplay the violence that Antifa and these riots are, be, are what's happening in them. So it's like they really promote, oh my goodness, you could see reports. Oh my goodness, the officers striking people again in some of these different riots. Because that's what they are. I mean, there are some protests, but in the riots, you see the media, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, all these different ones. When it comes to the officers having to restrain people or push people back or get people even out of danger and harm's way because they're in the highway or on a, on a main street, you know, where they're actually pushing back the violence of people throwing these bricks, throwing objects. Um, I mean, that they're going to use their baton and you see the media, oh, he's using his baton again. So it's like they promote and they hype up and, and, and build up all this about the violence or any action that law enforcement takes, yet they downplay and they almost like just, justify. I mean, not even minimalize it. They, they don't even talk about they it. They justify just, the other yeah. violence. So yeah, it's like they had no choice, basically. That's what the media says. They had no choice to do this. So you see these different officials, uh, for instance, like we, we talked about Keith Ellison, but then his son now pleading allegiance to Antifa. And so, you know, and that's what we're beginning to see is you see all of these different things that are happening where buildings are, are being burnt to the ground. Projects are being burnt to the ground. I mean... Which could, which could be housing for the poor. Yes. Yeah. In, in most of the area, it, it is. It is. These are, are projects. These are where people that are less fortunate don't have a lot... But you see all kinds of attacks that are happening. The riots themselves are actually, I think, being mislabeled that certain organizations that are peaceful are the ones that are conducting it. It's really, it's the, it's the hired guns. It's, it's those that are inciting the violence and paying people to conduct the, vi- the violence. Um, and so you can see an NYPD where there was a line. You have a group of, of uh, rioters, uh, picking up barriers, the police barriers, and stopping police from coming through. In NYPD, you see a couple of cruisers coming through. And while this is all happening, what do you hear? You hear, get the white people up front. Get the white people up front. You see, it's all it's all organized, how they want it to be seen and demonstrated and how... It's choreographed. It's choreographed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That that's the bottom line. And so legitimate protests, whether it's about coronavirus uh, uh, crackdown or lockdown, or whether it's legitimate protests about what happened to George Floyd, are all being supplanted and usurped by this foreign-connected, George Soros-financed 
Antifa organization. And the big thing we are watching for here is whether President Trump and the Attorney General will actually officially declare them a terrorist organization. Let's just say that if it does happen and they're declared as such, they would have earned it. Yeah. Because they're 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 actually uh, vindicating the president's attempt or intent to declare him as such. They're vindicating it. They're giving him everything he needs to make that declaration and that that. Uh, well, when you tack, designation, when you attack the White House, yes, you're attacking the White House itself, the the political center of power in the Western world, and then you're going to be surprised if you're designated a terrorist organization. It's my understanding they had to take him in the bunker. They took him in the bunker. Something to do with a car bomb. According to Fox News, they suspected incendiary materials and possible car bombs in and around the White House by Lafayette Park. They attacked St. John's Episcopal Church. That's a a, a, uh, part of the National Register of Historic Places where it goes all the way back to President James Madison in the early 1800s having worshipped there and spoke there. That's been attacked and lit on fire. That's near Lafayette Park. I was just in Lafayette Park in early March covering the earlier part of the coronavirus thing. And that's a very, very nice park. And to to uh, go there and carry out those kind of activities is just a real disgrace. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in D.C., been to that park many a times. Yes. But why are you attacking these churches? Why are you attacking businesses? Why are you attacking, you know, and creating all these this, this violence? For instance... There was two young black women confronted, uh, and I'm reading a statement here from them, that they confronted two white women who were spray painting Black Life Matters on the front of a Starbucks building. Hey, hey, don't do that. Please don't do that. The off-camera women can be heard saying, and these are Antifa members, okay? The white, the white women saying, don't police how people express themselves. That's the Antifa's response. That's their response to it. So you can see. So here it is, Antifa members spray painting Black Lives Matters on buildings, <coughs> vandalizing the buildings, breaking the windows, and then putting the blame on Black Lives Matters. Putting the blame, you know, pointing this attention on Black Lives Matters. So, I mean, and they're the ones, Antifa, that's inciting all of this. Yeah, yes, exactly. And as if as if all Black Lives Matter people would approve of this. See, right. so it it really gives them a bad name. And as we wind up today for this video, uh it's clear that much is not being explained and reported by the mass media cartel, and that's really the the bottom line of this is that they conflate things and they omit things in such a way where people never get a clear enough, big enough, complete enough picture to where they can make a rational, even-headed, cool-heads-prevailed kind of decision about these things. That, that's, that's the bottom line of all this, is that uh, we're not getting a clear picture, so we're never going to take the right actions, and it will, that will have a tendency to prolong the riots and the protests. Right. And so, really, the media is fomenting this directly and indirectly, Keith Ellison is helping in his own way, as we described. Hollywood. Hollywood, the Freedom Fund, bailing people out, giving them an insurance policy, encouraging them to be more bold, to continue rioting. And as you put all this together for here for World Impact News, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is what we're, 
we're getting out in a very urgent video to uh, get the missing parts, the missing pieces of the puzzle, if you will, out there. And you make your own call, make up your own mind, but consider taking the information we've put out, put it into the schematic of what's going on and get a more complete picture so we can uh, have cooler heads prevail and get some real solutions to this. Right. Yeah, and I would say in, in closing as well as you see uh, AOC talking about it, which she's never part of any solution. She's only part of the problem and inciting more violence. Um, this is all organized people. This is all, they're colluded. The police have even described where they're actually seeing extensive preparation for the violence. They see all the preparation that goes into it. This is well planned. I mean, almost you can see um, where it is time for the National Guard or whatever means to be called in to stop this because it is hurting good people and there is no justice for George Floyd in the behavior and the violence and everything they're trying to do because it's just more of trying to divide America. So that's why we ask that you share this video, get this information out, that we're in this together. We are and need to more than ever, we need to unite. And so, we are a united America, we should stay that way, but there are forces, forces from the outside, the George Soros's, organizations like Antifa, that are designed to divide. And if they can divide, then they can conquer, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to divide us. So don't, and, and the mainstream media is part of the problem. They are designed to divide us. So don't buy into all of their narratives and what they're saying and the hype. It's misinformation, it's lies, it's bad information. And so don't believe the lies and don't let it divide us. We're in this together. That's right. Don't dishonor the memory of George Floyd over George Soros. There's one George and then there's the other George. Let's, let's put the spotlight Good on Mark. where it belongs. Good point. Good point, Mark. So we have to realize there is foreign influence that is trying to strip and destroy America. And so, and that affects you and that's where we need to evolve. So thanks for watching. We will see you next time. Again, I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. Bye-bye. See ya.